Bilingual in America. Tunei el loga fi America. Bilinguismo negli Stati Uniti. Bilingue in America. Ser bilingue in America. I'm Suzanne Lasser. I'm Yarina Sension, and this is Bilingual in America. Hi, I'm Yarina Sension. Many questions People often ask if it is appropriate to call ASL, as it's also known, a foreign language. Some even question if it's really a language at all. Others may note that foreign language courses teach students about the culture of the group of people who use that language. Because of its unique modality, visual and gestural rather than oral, Many people wrongly assume that ASL is fundamentally different than spoken languages. ASL is a fully developed human language, one of the hundreds of naturally occurring sign languages of the world. It is not a derivative of English, and it is not simplified language. It contains structures and processes which English lacks. There's an abundant linguistic research on ASL demonstrating that the grammar is radically different from English, surely as different as any of the more traditional foreign languages taught in schools. Michael Burnett has worked as an educational and theatrical interpreter for over 13 years. He's interpreted shows for Yale Repertory Theater, Bushnell, and concerts at Mohican Sun. He attended the interpreting program at Northwestern Community College in Connecticut and received his interpreting certification from RID. He's currently working as a high school theater teacher and director. Michael shares with Suzanne his experience. Let's listen in. As I began to prepare for today's episode, I thought back to my first experience with someone who was deaf. Growing up, there was a family that lived across the street from us, and there were four brothers. The eldest boy was deaf, and he was probably about six years older than I was. He was a really talented athlete, and as kids on the block, we learned how to do basic signs so that we could communicate with him. And as I thought a little bit more about any other experiences I had had, I remembered that at my high school graduation, there was a performance by a singer who signed, and you know, 30 years later, it is still the most powerful, silent experience I think I've ever had. For a while now, I have wanted to record an episode on American Sign Language and bilingualism. I think part of the reason is that there are some people who don't feel that American Sign Language actually falls under the bilingual umbrella. So my conversation today with Michael Burnett touches on many things. And we're going to listen in now and learn about his hearing accent and how closed captioning is not enough. Michael, welcome to Bilingual in America. Thank you for joining me today so that we can talk a little bit about your experience with American Sign Language as being part of the the hearing people community. 
So why don't you start off by telling us how you became excited and interested in becoming an interpreter? Thank you so much. It's a it's a pleasure to be part of the wonderful work that you are doing, and it's it's just really important message to be getting out. Um, so I grew up with no exposure to American Sign Language and was involved in theater, uh, no intent to ever learn another language. I had struggled with my language classes in high school and I was doing a, a professional show. One night it was interpreted. It was a production of 42nd Street in Connecticut and I was missing my entrances because I was fascinated by the interpreters who were on the side of the stage. and just knew that there was something about that means of communication that I needed to learn. And I signed up for classes. I think like many hearing people, I hear all, all the time that people are interested in learning sign language and they may learn the alphabet and a few signs. Often people learn how to translate a song into sign language and that's where the, the learning ends. But I, I finished my third class and immediately knew that my career path was going to change and continued into an interpreting program and just I just fell in love with it. I think from a dance and theater background, there's something about the visual and physical aspect of the communication that really resonated with me. The other interesting thing starting classes is that the cultural part was so important. There, you might learn the signs for words, but learning the, the different syntax and vocabulary in American Sign Language is really important. But there's also sort of a way of thinking that really resonated with me. I would watch other students sign things and think, you know, those signs are correct, but I don't think a deaf person would ever say it like that. And I, there was something about that that just resonated with me. And I was fascinated with knowing the thought process and how they saw the world and sort of letting that influence my grammar rather than the the exact rules. So that, that, that cultural part was really equally as important, I think, as the language learning. It's so fascinating, right? Like you talked about the nuances. And as you were speaking, I'm thinking about, well, what about all of these new words that come into our lexicon, right? And so words like maybe texting that didn't exist before. And as you said, the creator in you tries to figure out what would this look like? And it's not just a literal translation, which often people who are speaking a foreign language will, will get caught up in, right? And the literal translation doesn't really get across the sentiment. Has there been anything that has been the most exciting for you to try and come up with and explain or figure out a way to sign for something that is new? Really, I'm, I'm sort of, as a, as a hearing person, I'm sort of behind the learning curve in terms of new signs being developed. And that really comes from the deaf community. So there, I'm sure there are countless number of signs that I would be corrected on if I was involved in, you know, with, with younger deaf people now, as we have new movements in politics or pop culture, I'm always asking friends how you sign certain things. And until I know how to sign them, often I'll fingerspell something. Um, so, you know, for names of presidents or things like that. And sometimes it's, okay, this is how you might sign it with certain groups of people if you're being politically correct. And here are the, here are the sort of slang versions of those signs. As a hearing person, I'm definitely not the creator of those things, but I would look to the deaf community to say, okay, so I, by the time I thought about it, there's already a sign out there that's in, 
you know, popular use for things that come up. And even ways we use technology, as the technology changes, the signs often change as well to go along with it. So the, the shape or um, nature of the gesture changes to match how the technology is being used in some cases. So it's it, like any language, it's always growing and evolving along with our spoken languages. And so as you're talking, it's reminding me of, you know, not being a native speaker of Spanish, I would always say, oh, I want to sound like her when I was learning, or I wish I could speak as fluently as so-and-so. And I remember I had this teacher, Senor Sela, and he said, don't want to be someone else. Mm -hmm. Use your voice to express the language the best way that you can. And so often when I'm translating for parents, I'll say, listen, um, Spanish is not my native language. I'm going to do the best that I can. And so I think hearing what you're saying, there are so many parallels between my experience as a non-native speaker and yours as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious if you have any thoughts or feelings about those in the world who would say that, you know, ASL is not a real language and shouldn't fall under this umbrella of being bilingual. Sure. To your first point, I think I know I will always have what I call a hearing accent when I'm signing my native languages, English. I grew up hearing. So I will always have that perspective on the world, which gives me a certain accent when I'm signing. My goal is to be as clear as possible and to understand the mechanics, grammar, syntax of the language the best I can. But my experience will always influence that and I think your intention with that is so important certainly if you're interpreting there's a there's a standard that needs to be met but in casual conversation your intention is really so so important in terms of ASL being a full language usually when people have the perspective that it's not a, a an actual language they are th they are thinking about it being a manual coded version of English, which it can be. There are versions of signs that are just manual codes for English words and you sign in exactly English word order. And there are those systems out there that exist. They don't function as well as American Sign Language in terms of a full and rich language experience. So when you get a little further down the line in the learning, you realize that it does have very specific grammar rules. It has developed as other spoken languages have and the parallels are are really identical. I mean, there are things that we use in sign language classifiers that are certain hand shapes to denote things or the spatial setup of things that is very different than a spoken language, uh, ways to mark past and future present tense. They're different, but they all exist like we have them in spoken languages. So I, I think usually it's you don't know what you don't know when people are thinking that and they they see it as this is a way to sign English words and it really is so so much richer than that and most people are surprised to know that American Sign Language is not universal and the question after that is well why wouldn't it be why didn't they just develop one that's universal and it's like well it developed like any other spoken language we don't have a universal spoken language that can be spoken all over the world. Exactly. It's, it depends on your culture and the things that are in your narrative that are different than other places in the world. So hmm. uh, so you're making me wonder, like, are there people who sign, whether they're from the hearing community or non-hearing community, that are 
multilingual in their signing capabilities. I would imagine. I haven't. Wow. I haven't really experienced that so much. What I would say is when I've traveled, I have been able to. For some reason, I've run into deaf people when I <laughs> when I've been traveling, and you start to be able to like watch people interacting with the world. And I've seen people and thought, oh, I think they're deaf. You know,、um, and I don't know what it is about the mannerisms that. Are different, but I've met people in Costa Rica, Thailand, and Japan who are deaf. And while I didn't speak those spoken languages, I'm working on Spanish now. But、um, while I didn't speak Japanese or Thai, I was able to communicate with the deaf people there. And I think while our sign systems were totally different, deaf people are very used to having to have the responsibility of. Figuring out the communication, so they were very patient with sitting with me and and having conversations that weren't exactly easy or fluent, but we were able to bridge the gaps more easily than I would have been in a spoken language. So,、right. I, you know, when I met those people, they they knew some American Sign Language, but I wouldn't say I've met anyone who's who's multilingual in their sign languages.、Um, there is a、uh, there is a universal one, just do you know? I believe it's called. There is one like Latin that most people don't. There's not a lot of people who speak it fluently, but there are interpreters for international conferences that can translate into that language and then put it into the other sign systems. So I do know that that exists. It's just not been in my experience. Yeah, so、uh, I'm learning a lot just listening to you, and it's making me think about a, a bunch of other questions. So thank you for pushing my my thinking and giving me something else to to look into a, a bit more. I think about the. Advance in technology and how there have been so many changes that really allow the communities to be in contact, and I think that was probably really important during the pandemic,、sure. uh, right? Because oftentimes we think about how there's a lack of inclusivity.、Uh, so I'm, I'm really grateful for some of the things that I I know have allowed us to keep in contact. Signing in in the era of Payphones and pagers. So, just even seeing how deaf people have the ability to communicate through most of our chatting now through Zoom or FaceTime or video calls is so commonplace for the world now. It just has really opened up that access in ways that never existed. Yes, and I think、um, in my school community, and I'm hearing that about yours, that Spanish is the the largest language besides English that is spoken. And so all of our communication goes home both in English and in Spanish, and I, I look forward to the day and I, I challenge school districts to provide sign language interpretation for board of ed board of education meetings, for presentations,、um, and for special communications. We should not take for granted that just English and Spanish is enough, and I think we have to continue to to push the bar and、um, put that challenge out there. I know that we have seen. In so many of the presentations by the government officials, that there is always a, an official interpreter alongside、um, signing, and and that is so important. So hopefully that will become something that is commonplace everywhere as we move forward. Really important to for people to know that captioning is not always enough. So for a large percentage of the deaf population in this country. They might prefer to have the English captioning on those events. I have friends who prefer to have the interpreter and the captioning, so they could see the 
English words, but also get the the context and the the intent or the um, dynamics of the speaker through the interpreter. And for some deaf people, English is not accessible, so that the interpreter is essential. So there's all of there's a huge continuum in that, and it really is providing the choices for the deaf community about how they want to access the information that's most appropriate to them. Yes. Michael, you are an educator, you are a performer, and here on Bilingual America, we talk about speaking our beauty. And I would like to thank you for continuing to speak your beauty in more than one way. And I hear that you're growing into uh, your third language, Spanish. So may we continue this beautiful bilingual journey here. And before we sign off, I'd like to just welcome our audience to look more into how they can be inclusive and validating, recognizing, and supporting those who are in the non-hearing community. Thank you so much. This has been, it's been wonderful. Producer Suzanne Lasser interviewed Bonnie Hernandez, mother of three children, grandmother to two, who is proud to be born and raised in the Alfred E. Smith Houses development in New York City. She is the voice for her parents since the age of six and tells her story. Let's listen in. Today I'm being joined by Bonnie Hernandez and she is going to be sharing her story as she is a child who was raised by deaf parents. So Bonnie, welcome to Bilingual in America. Thank you, thank you for having me. Bonnie, why don't you begin and share with our listeners a little bit about your, your story, your experience. Please share a little bit about your background with us. I am one out of three. Both of my parents are deaf. My mother was born deaf, my father was not. He was hard of hearing. At the age of five, he has gotten pol polio. My mother came to this country at 29 years old. She's, she's from Puerto Rico. So as my parents met and this wonderful story that they have of meeting that we heard 900 times and it's <laughs> like it just happened once. Moving forward from that, they had three children, two boys and one girl. I am the middle child and I am the only girl. I have an older brother by the name of Paco and a younger brother by the name of Billy, which everybody in the Lower East Side does know us. <laughs> um, we're well known. I remember literally at the age of six, interpreting, telling my mother something that the teacher asked me to tell her at six years old. So I can go far as back as six years old, remembering when the teacher told me, the first grade teacher, Ms. Spear told me, tell your mother you're very smart. I didn't understand what that meant. I just told my mother that the teacher said I was smart. So that was the first introduction of, of wow, my parents are deaf. But at, at six years old, I didn't understand my parents were deaf. I remember walking seven, eight, nine, ten years old, even at some point feeling embarrassed. People staring at me and my parents when I would speak because I didn't really understand. But yet I was around a lot of deaf people. My mother and father has a lot of deaf friends. We was brought up with a lot of deaf people. My parents never shelter us and put us in just a hearing world. My mother and father introduced us to a deaf world. There is a deaf world out there. So as I got older, I started to embrace 
the reality that my parents are deaf. They're just like me and you, anybody else in any other different language. We speak sign language. They have a love of many things. My parents was into sports. My, my mom is dynamic. She's completely deaf, deaf. And she's just really bright and smart. And she knew what I was saying. She knew everybody's conversation based on watching how everybody spoke and reading lips. Being a CODA is what I am. I, I have a hard time identifying with that because I don't want to be labeled that. I am a child of a deaf parent. I am a child of deaf parents. And I'm okay with that today. I speak Spanish. It might be broken, <laughs> street Spanish, but... It still counts. <laughs> I speak it. I speak Spanish and I could defend myself in the Spanish world. But as the journey continues in my life, I realized there was a point where there wasn't a lot of things for the deaf community, being able to socialize, networking, and, and all of a sudden, the last 10, 15 years, it just blew up. It, it's, there's access to everything across the board for the deaf people. And my mother's 89 years old. She knows how to get on her video phone and speak to all her deaf friends. And that's a smile in my heart for an 89-year-old woman to do that. Absolutely. As you get older, and you and and I and I say this humbly as as I'm choking. As you get older, you understand that your purpose was to have the deaf parents that God made for you. And you and you walk with this, and I know I do. I walk in this journey as not my parents are deaf, but that I have amazing parents. And I don't look at them as deaf as the world might look at them, but they are my parents. But in the world, they are deaf parents. They can't hear, but they do have a voice. I know I'm definitely a, a voice for Charles and Sarah Hernandez, which are my parents' names. And I am the voice of deaf people. I have even stopped people in the street and say, hi, can I help you? I'm not deaf, but do you need help when I know it's a deaf person? Um, I've had my share in the medical field of fighting with hospitals and nursing homes and why don't you have this for deaf people and and now they have all this and i just sit back and say wow bonnie so the journey's real you know you're a tremendous advocate for your parents and of course others in the community even those that you're not related to or don't know because anything that you have been able to accomplish to assist in your parents hopefully will then make it easier for others who are a part of the deaf community that don't have an advocate in their family the way that yours has with you. Thank you. Right. As a 56-year-old woman that I am today, and I probably say that, <laughs> it has come around. There is so much assistance out there for the deaf community that it literally gives me a smile in my heart. But at the same time, you always hope to have that one person in the family who can be a voice for that deaf person to crack the door open and just help them and, and keep moving on. Absolutely. Bonnie, as you're talking, I'm thinking about older brother, right? I know Paco. I don't know Billy very well. I've met him on occasion, but Paco was in the military. Paco was an educator. Think about how important it yes. is that each of you contribute to supporting others like you said when there was someone on the street that you saw that you knew needed assistance and you used your skill your gift your talent to help that individual to support them and 
I would like to think that both of your brothers in their roles do the same exact thing because you have lived that. And just like we talk with other people here on our show who speak another language besides English and they have had to serve as interpreters and know that when they see someone who's struggling with a language barrier, how they step in, um, you've done that. And so now, right, you're in your 50s and you have <laughs> and grandchildren. Have you passed on your skill of signing to your children and your grandchildren just in terms of generation to generation and being able to communicate with your parents? Okay, so as for my two brothers, they speak very good sign language. I watch them and, and, and I just love when they speak sign language and they do help and they do as I do with anyone who needs help and their, their skills and hand skills, because it's a hand skill. We're using our hands and we're using every word with our hands, not our mouth, but with our hands, right? So it's a skill, it's a special skill, right? And so my brothers do do that. And, and I'm, I, I love to watch them speak sign language. And sometimes I'm like, wow, you know what? We ain't so bad after all, you know, we, we got this skill. As terms of moving, um, passing it to the next generation, I have three adult children. Do they know sign language? Absolutely, they know sign language. Do they know it the way, as a mom whose parents are deaf, they should know it like that? I want to say no, but can they help people who are struggling or who needs interpreting in the street? Absolutely, yes, my children can. Now for my grandchildren, for Dakota, who's three, and Ryder, who's one, do they know it? No, they don't know it. Do I emphasize it when I'm with them? Yes, I do. Little words, please, thank you, yes, no. Teaching Dakota at five months old. I'm your grandma, and I kept saying it in sign language. I'm your grandma, I'm your grandma, you know? And I remember her saying that one time about six or seven months, and I cried because she said in sign language, I'm your grandma. I seen that with my granddaughter, Dakota, about seven months old, who said grandma back to me. Am I hungry for them to wanting to speak more sign language? Absolutely. Do I want Dakota and Ryder to learn sign? I would love for Dakota and Ryder to learn sign language the way I know it. I want them to walk proud and say, you know, I'm the third generation and my grandparents and great grand, no, my great grandparents are deaf, but I can speak it and I will be a voice for you. That's one of my, my, um, I'm working on my goals with them. <laughs> so it's a work in progress, you know. Absolutely, yes. But absolutely. children are sponges. Children are sponges. They can learn anything. They're amazing. They, they can learn. It's just that we have to have patience to teach them this. Yes, if we take the time, you're absolutely right. Children can definitely learn. So I'm also wondering, you know, as kids, when you and Paco and, you know, were talking, I'm thinking about he's older than you and you didn't want other kids to know what you were saying, right? If maybe you, <laughs> you know how sometimes children will speak in Spanish if other kids around don't speak Spanish. So did you sign with one another so that other people wouldn't know what you guys were having a conversation about? I am guilty of that to this present day. <laughs> Two hands up for me. Is it right? Is it wrong? I think it was wrong in a lot of aspects, right? Because I didn't want you to know, or I was saying something negative. And then there's another part of me that says, hey, you didn't know it, you know, so that's my secret with my siblings, you know what I mean? And I have to say to this day, even uh, me and my brother, Billy, we were somewhere recently, and, and I 
we spoke in sign language and everybody looked at us because they were like, oh yeah, their parents are deaf, they're gossiping. And I was like, oh, you know, mind your business, you know? And we said what we said and we just kept it moving. Yes, we do do that. Yes, we are guilty of that. I know I'm going to speak for me, but I think my brothers wouldn't mind me saying in their behalf that we're, us three are guilty of that. Yes, absolutely. Growing up for me wasn't so much about what I endured a lot of in, in the teenager years and growing from junior high school to high school was it wasn't a lot about, oh, you speak sign language. It was more about people would talk to me in Spanish and I would look at them and be like, what they're saying? Because I didn't know what they were saying. They would go, oh, but you're Spanish and you should know how to speak it. And and I remember older women and elderly women and elderly men would be like, shame on you. Your parents are Spanish. And I remember one day and very disrespectful to them. And I said, how dare you? My parents are deaf. I don't know Spanish and I speak with my hands and the look on their face. And I think that was the day that I said, you know, Bonnie, it's up to you if you want to learn Spanish. And I remember my, my best friend, her mother passed away, who's from the Smith, her, her, my childhood best friend, her name is Negra. Her mother is the one who taught me Spanish. And my children's grandmother, may she rest in peace, Maria Isaac, she's the one who taught me Spanish. And that's where I, I was so hungry to learn it. And now I, I sometimes be like, yeah, I'll speak the English, I'll break it down in Spanish, and I'll talk sandwich and then I walk with a smile, you know? <laughs> That's something to definitely be proud of. Right. And you found a way, right? And it's so interesting, you know, I think um, you're the middle child. And so you definitely fit the stereotype of the middle child who, you know, goes out on their own, goes above and beyond, and really shines through. Here on Bilingual in America, Bonnie, we say, you know, continue to speak your beauty. And how wonderful it is that you have three different ways that you are able to speak your beauty. Thank you so much for having me. It means a lot. It just reminds me that all my fighting and all my fighting in terms of medical field and different missions that I've been on with my father being sick and my mother, this is now you can speak by me. Now you can share your story. Now you can tell the world that there's a voice for the deaf community. Thank you so much. Students who know a foreign language commonly find that their perceptions of themselves and the world are richer than their monolingual peers. The study of a language, culture, and literature different than their own propels students beyond the limits of their own world. In all respects, American Sign Language affords students the same challenges and rewards as more traditional foreign languages. As part of the hearing community, it is important that we understand that and embrace it. As a matter of fact, ASL instruction may lead to increased foreign language enrollment. ASL students often report that they are more interested in other languages and indeed more likely to take traditional spoken foreign language as a result of their American Sign Language study. The joy of learning a new language and of communicating with people across cultural boundaries is contagious. It's how we continue to speak our beauty. Thank you for your interest in the stories we share. 
by sharing, following, and liking our podcast on anchor.fm, Bilingual in America, and our Instagram blog at bilingualinamerica.podcast. You are speaking your beauty. We welcome your comments and feedback, and we appreciate your support. Follow us, like us, share us.